Well, Carmen and I can play the violin, and David can play the bass, and you, Mom, you can play the guitar. <laughs> Excuse me, Mijita, I don't play the guitar. I don't know how to play the instrument. What are you talking about? And David came up and said, Oh, Mom, don't worry about it. I will teach you. Oh, okay. Well, he was the oldest, and he may be able to you know, teach you how to play the guitar. Then again, he was only 13. <laughs> A teenager. <laughs> so, I tried to see my husband in disbelief, and then he too said, and I, I will take care of the sound system. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. I looked at them, and then I looked at him, and I realized that they were really serious. You know, they really did want to help the children, you know, go through, you know, the, the trouble of going to Mass. And um, they thought that it would, it would be a great idea to start the children's choir. So then I decided to trust God, to trust my husband, to trust my children, and again, more than anything, him. So, <sighs> I placed myself in my son's tutorial. My 13-year-old son, David, would teach me how to play the guitar. I began my first lesson that day. And in the other side of the room, I heard Alex, my husband, say, okay, let me call the churches around here to see who needs the choir. <laughs> she goes, yeah, right. <laughs> but it all happened too quickly. About a month or two later, I find myself on a Sunday morning, 5.30 in the morning, cramming in my guitar, strumming, learning the songs to play at the 11.30 Mass that day in Santa Teresa. Father John Bradley was going to make his decision on whether or not to allow us to play uh, or to have the children's choir only after hearing us play the pressure. When the mass was over, something happened. A, he really liked us, or B, he felt really sorry for us. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is that he allowed us to play as a family for every Sunday mass. A year later, we started the San Felipe de Jesus Children's Choir, and it was a choir with over 30 children. And for years, Sunday after Sunday, I continued getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, cramming my guitar, learning those songs, and each week David would have me learn new chords and new chords each time. It's crazy. Years went by, and the choir kids got older. So then, we had the children's choir, and we had the youth choir, and that's the choir that I have now. As I look back, I think that what made uh, attractive to my children, you know, working with the choir, was the fact that they had the liberty of trying new rhythms um, and making arrangements for the songs that we played in Simon Church. <clears throat> Carmen and Christy loved teaching harmony to the kids. And then David was in love with mariachi music. So most of her songs had the um, mariachi style uh, in them. And the choir kids loved it, and so did the people in the church. So it worked out really well. And they liked it so much that 
about four years ago, from one of our choirs who was involved in music community and was working with an organization called Creer Comunidad y Familia. He came up to David, my son, and uh, he, my son was in his early 20s back then, and he asked him if he would be interested in starting a mariachi program. He said that there would be no funding available, but he insisted that the city of San Juan Capistrano and the city of San, of San Clemente were having major problems with gangs. So he said that a program like this would help keep the kids off the streets. So David liked it, and he asked his family if we would be interested in helping, helping him start the program. So we have no idea how to do this, and uh, we thought that it would be really hard to get you know random kids off the streets interested in learning how to play mariachi music. Had it been rap music, it would have been easier, right? <laughs> so we thought that at the most we would have eight or ten students, or yeah, you know, to start. With. And then we thought, well, maybe maybe it wouldn't be too bad, you know, uh, uh, starting a program that small. So we prayed. So that summer, we planned our other program. We called it the Capistrano Community Mariachi Program, CCMP. And then we set up the registration date. Well, the first day of registration was a Saturday, and we were shocked. There were over 40 students enrolled that first day. The next day, because we did it only one weekend, at San Felipe de Jesus, there were another 50 plus students in the world. And that's when we realized that in fact, the community needed this program. They wanted it, they needed it. And there they were, all these 90 plus students, young and old, ready to learn mariachi music. And here, we were just three of us, David, Carmen, and myself, with no funding, no instruments for them, and no place to practice in. So we were frantic. And I don't think I remember a time that I played the most since that day. Yet, three weeks later, we began our classes in the open air on the concrete bleachers of the Stonefield Park in San Juan Capistrano. We attempted to teach music theory with a loudspeaker and music notes written on huge chart papers so that everybody could see. It was crazy. Soon, the surrounding neighbors got fed up with it. And before the month was over, we were out of there. But the next week, there we were again. We held practice on the bleachers of another local sports field. And as the winter approached, it became harder and harder to teach as the evenings got darker and darker. So we asked the kids to use the back of the metal bleachers as music stands. We asked them to take their music on the stand so that they could see the music and play their instruments. And we asked the parents to hold up their lanterns and flashlights so that students could see the music in the dark. Of course, we prayed and prayed and answered. <laughs> Finally, after all 
we were granted the use of three beautiful dance rooms in uh, J7 Catholic High School, which is the place where we hold practices right now. One year later, with the help of God, we developed our first performing youth group, Mariachi Capistrano, who that following summer made the first public presentation at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. At the end of the second year, we developed a second youth uh, group, mostly preteens, which is called Mariachi Corazón de Capistrano, and they too, the first presentation was done at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. And since then, these two beautiful groups um, have been done, doing numerous presentations all over Orange County and Alvin County. They have participated in several mariachi competitions and have attended several international mariachi conferences. But more important, these kids are now giving back to our community. They serve as role models. They make presentations at many community events such as schools and churches. And they perform, perform for events sponsored by nonprofit organizations such as the American Cancer Association. And it is beautiful to see how God works. Let me tell you why. At the program, some of the kids knowing that we had a, a youth choir at San Felipe de Jesus, they began asking me if they could join the choir. I mean, if we thought it would be the backwards. The choir kids wanted to join the mariachi kids, the other way around. The mariachi kids wanted to join the choir. So as a result, my son David saw the need to teach our performing mariachi groups how to play the mass. At first we thought that the parents from CCMP would object, you know, us including religious songs into our program, but they didn't. And we thought of that because we have children from different beliefs. But that didn't happen. What happened was that parents and their families began to join us while our mariachi performers played for mass. So I thought that was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. I realize now that, that, that um, it is never our doing. I realize that we're only small little instruments in his hand. I realize that everything that we do really does come back tenfold. And, you know, as my husband and I are experiencing the empty nest syndrome, we rejoice with the gift of seeing our own children responding to the need of our community. And we also rejoice seeing so many children and youth become leaders, well-rounded individuals with really high self-esteem, not only performing mariachi songs, but also praising God through their voices and instruments as they play in Sunday Mass. And all I have to say is that I don't know why things happen, and I don't know why sometimes we're put up with opportunities to help others, and we either say, yes, or we say no. And if we say no, we're left behind wondering what would it be like had we said yes. Thank you very much.
describe how the children connect the music and the excitement about the music uh, to their faith and to the church. Oh, oh, I have to share, um, and I got to talking, <laughs> but one beautiful, beautiful experience is, uh, remember that I started, we started the choir uh, way back when, and I saw these kids um, from five years, and now they're in college, <laughs> practically, right? And um, one day, one of my uh, parents in the choir, in the, in the pioneer choir, called me and she was crying. And she says, I have to share this, this text message that my son sent me when I see you at church next week or Sunday. And uh, I was curious, so she came up to me and she was still crying. And I go, well, what is it? What happened to him? Can I ask what Chris? His name is Chris and he was going to the University of Maine in Maine. Uh, his business is last year. As a matter of fact, he's graduating this year. And um, she said, look, this is, his, this is his first year in college. You know, the snow, the loneliness, the stress from school, being away from the family. I mean, he'd been in the choir with us since five or seven, I think. And uh, he said, uh, she said, read it. And then I said, Mom, the only thing that keeps me going is this song. And he practically texted a song from church. El Señor es mi pastor, nada me falta. En verdes praderas me hace reposar. And here he was texting the entire song. And she says, Rosa, don't you ever, don't you ever stop, you know, uh, have a directing uh, our choir. Because our kids, you don't think it, it makes a difference. It does make a huge difference. And so that's, that was very touching. Thank you, uh, Rosa. Yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? So this all started with your nine-year-old as the as God's okay. this child now running like a big conglomerate now. Uh, <laughs> you know where she's at right now? She is in her second year um, of getting her master's in Germany at the University of Cologne as a music um, performer. And I'm going to take this opportunity. I know it's 
legal or not, <laughs> uh, to ask for prayers. She um, she's going through a tough, tough, tough time with loneliness and depression. And uh, since we're we've been so close knitted to my family, being away from the family like that, it's extremely hard for her. But she's seven. And you know what she carries in her viola case? Okay. When we had the children's choir, we took her to take pictures. Well, in one of the pictures, she has Father Abelino, which was, you know, our priest that was with us at that time, with a group of choir, uh, children from the choir. And we had a grandma, one of the, one of the chorus grandma, that would always come, and she's passed away now, would always come to choir practices. And so my, my kids would call her grandma, too. So her picture shows our new grandma and uh, Father Abelino and all the kids from the choir. And she says, Mom, when it gets hard, I pull this picture and this is my motivation. I'm coming back to these kids and I'm going to teach them and I'm going to work with them because I want them to feel what I feel and then thank God. You know, and that... Wow. So, 